G'day, humans. What's good? We're Chris Pound here with Prudius Alex for another edition of Wrestling Art Style Talking Weekly Wrestling Rap. Alex, how are you, my friend? Well, it's been a big week. <laughs> yeah, I suppose we should uh, start with some uh, signing news. Uh, what's Paul Wright doing in the Elite Zone? Yes, um, this is a signing I did not think would ever happen. Yeah, wasn't he on WWE not that long ago? Like, according to the reports, because he was on Raw early January for that Legends Night thing and he got bullied by Randy Orton. That's what and, I was thinking, yeah. And according to reports, that was kind of his last straw. He didn't oh. like his booking and he wanted to be a bit more involved. And he wasn't happy about that segment. Well, fair enough then, I guess. Um, yeah, so for those unfamiliar, Big Show has left WWE after 20 years, I believe. Yeah, 22, I believe, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's almost been exactly 22. It's like, because he debuted in the WWE, how can you forget, February 14th, 1999, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. So... It was just a couple of weeks over 22 years. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So what, he set out his 30-day no-compete and then signed pretty much straight after? Yeah, like, part of me wonders if he was even on an active contract, like if he was just only on a Legends deal or something like that, because if he was on an active competitor's contract, he would have had a 60 or a 90 day no compete clause. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It might be on like a uh, per appearance or a legends type deal. There. Yeah. Uh, people do tend to forget that Big Show did leave the WWE before uh, after December to, to dismember oh, I can't even say it. December to dismember in 06 after his uh, infamous ECW title run. And he didn't come back until they did the Floyd Mayweather thing in 08. But, yeah, because um, he was going to be a boxer. <laughs> Jeez, that would have been weird. Yeah, well, I suppose over in uh, AEW, there's already a celebrity he's wanted to work with for a long time over there. Yeah, and part of me wonders, like, how much of a factor was this? Um him always wanting to work with Shaquille O'Neal, how much of a factor in uh, Paul White jumping ship was the Shaq announcement. So, yeah. And, and Paul White said it before, like he was very close with Dusty. He had a very close relationship with Dusty Rhodes. And who knows, he... Might be doing a bit of a favour for Cody as well. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, some of the New Japan news I want to touch on oh as God. we go through New Japan itself. But um, did you happen to see the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards? Oh, yeah. Um, the Wrestling Observer readers who vote in this are idiots. 
Really? Because I was going to say, there's a lot of awards there that change, share the same sentiment as you, kind sir, but I suppose if you're calling them an idiot, uh, <laughs> okay then. Now, now, my biggest issue was the eighth best gimmick of the year, also one worst get best, uh, one worst gimmick of the year in The Fiend. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Lou Fez Rick Flair Award for Wrestler of the Year went to John Moxley from uh, All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, that's fair. Do you watch much MMA still? Every now and then. Yeah, uh, we'll skip over that then. Most Outstanding Wrestler went to Kenny Omega of AEW. Uh, Tag Team of the Year went to the Young Bucks again of AEW. Of the past seven years, they've only lost it once. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Uh, losing it to Lucha Brothers last year. Best on interviews was Eddie Kingston of AEW. I agree with that. Best promotion, AEW. Pretty hard to argue. <laughs> Best weekly TV, Dynamite. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, match of the year. Uh, mm. The listeners or subscribers to the newsletter said Omega and Hangman versus the Bucks from Revolution. Uh, then uh, US Canadian MVP, John Moxley. Japan MVP, Naito, which I'd agree oh. with because he did carry the company for most of the year. Oh, man. Despite yeah. his title run and the pandemic, he was a key proponent in um, the push for Wrestle Kingdom and yeah. coming out of uh, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. It's either Naito or Ibushi for me. Yeah. Ibushi, if you're talking uh, late half the year, so October onwards following G1. Uh, Mexican MVP, Ray Phoenix. European MVP, Walter. Non-heavyweight MVP, Hiromu Takahashi. Women's MVP, Bailey, which, God, did she carry the entire WWE yeah. women's division last year. Yeah, I cannot argue that at all. She's, she's carried women's wrestling. Best box office draw uh, for either wrestling or MMA was voted Conor McGregor which is kind of take it or leave it, depending on what you think of the guy. Yeah, uh, here's a draw. You can't argue that. Yeah. Feud of the year was Moxley versus Kingston from AEW. That's a shocker to me. Most like, it, it was a really good feud, but it was very quick. That's what I was thinking too. It was a short feud, but it was good. Uh, most improved, Britt Baker of AEW. That I found odd, because I guess if you're saying someone was injured and then they weren't injured, that is a big improvement. I, I'd uh, definitely say she's improved in every aspect. Her mic work, her character, her in-ring. Like, last year, well, the year before, the first year of AEW, everyone was just like, get this chick off our TV screen. We get it. She's a dentist. Shut up. But then yeah. she finally found her thing. Most charismatic was MJF of AEW, which I agree with. That's a pretty good choice. 
No? No, that's that's good. Um I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he had the best year. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Uh Brian Danielson award for best technical wrestler went to Zack Sabre Jr. again for the seventh straight year. Um, when was the last time Brian Daniels... Oh, there, oh, oh, crap. Okay, you just pulled it up. Yeah. All right, that makes sense why it's called that. <laughs> it's up. One, two, three, four, five. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine years in a row, Daniel Bryan won that award. I get it now. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bruiser Brody Memorial Award for Best Brawler went to John Moxley. Would you agree with that? I would, um, if there was ever a year to give that award to someone that uh, bears a massive resemblance to the namesake of the award, it would have been last year to give it to Brody Lee. But who am I to argue? Uh, best flying wrestler went to Ray Phoenix of AEW and AAA. No argument. Most overrated. Oh, here we go. This is the fun stuff. Bray Wyatt of WWE. I, I can't argue it. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone to a point with these start-stop different Bray Wyatt incarnations where we had Sister Abigail a few years ago and now this. Oh. And... I'm still curious <laughs> as to what that was going to look like in the ring. It was going to be versus Punk and Spice Finn. Yeah, I know. Oh. So weird. Uh, most underrated. Ricochet of WWE. Eh. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, yes, but to pick anyone from WWE, you're kind of going, well, I might as well pick half the roster here with how they're positioned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I think that should be renamed the Cesaro Award. <laughs> do you have any other... Uh, choice there for someone who's underrated yeah Cesaro you could go Ali to be honest um oh gosh half the women there too like like your Peytons your Billies obviously I'm biased um gosh you go on for hours about it like your Bobby Roode even like that dude came into the WWE a legitimate worldwide main eventer. Yeah. Bit bit sad. I'd say someone like a Kushida, which is sort of yeah. half because of what he came in as, and then half no because what NXT supposedly is still. Yeah. I, I think I think there are big things to come for Kushida. As long as he doesn't get called up. Yeah. Uh, Rookie of the Year was voted Pat McAfee from I WWE. I know you don't, but I agree. Yeah, I suppose. I. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Who else are you going to give it to? Dominic Mysterio? Yeah. I would have given it to him. He had a better year, I'd say. I highly disagree. Yeah. I'd say his, I'd say Pat McAfee's batting average is a lot better than Dominic's. Maybe, 
<laughs> Best non-wrestler went to Taz of oh, AEW. Okay. It's Taz. <laughs> <laughs> um, Best TV announcer was voted Excalibur of AEW. I don't agree, but he's not too far off. I'd say he's one of the better US-based English commentators for the fact... Uh, I he... kind of hate him a little bit because of his, like, smart markiness. It gets a bit overbearing from time to time. Oh, yeah, but I mean the fact he's actually calling the moves and trying to keep everyone on track with storylines. It's not like WWE where there's a match and they're talking, oh, coming up next is Miz TV and, oh, what's what's Alexa Bliss doing in the funhouse? And meanwhile, there's a match going on. It's like Daniel Bryan Cesaro putting on a classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There are worse options out there than Excalibur. I just don't even think he's the best one at his announce booth. Worst TV announcer was voted... Michael Cole. Which, no. To be, to be fair to the guy, it's like the default answer. It's like, WWE, uh, Cole. Yeah, that's... I, I think it's really unfair on Cole. I think he does exactly what is asked of him and he does it as well as anyone in this world could do it. Yeah. Um. So who's the current Raw team? Uh, Joe, Saxton, Phillips... Yeah. Uh, SmackDown is Graves uh, and Cole, Cole and Graves. Uh, NXT's Barrett, Beth, Barrett and Vic. Yeah. Joseph. I'd say if you have three sort of main teams there, Vic Joseph would be low on the totem pole as the sort of anchor announcer than Cole. Yeah. I, I am not a fan of Byron Saxton. I think, um, like, he tries to stick up for the baby faces, but it comes across as him, like, sounding too high and mighty from time to time. Yeah, like, he's yeah. like, how could this person attack this person when his back was turned? That is not what is expected of a WWE superstar, and it sounds really phony and bad. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree. A uh, couple more here. Best major wrestling show was voted... Revolution of AEW. I think that's the one you voted for, actually. In our own awards. Yeah. Yeah, I think I did. It was... I either voted for that or NXT Halloween Havoc. That was my top two. Yeah, Halloween Havoc, you said, but an honourable mention to, to Revolution. Yeah. Yeah, well... It was depending on my mood and how trolly I felt like being that day. Um, I think I trolled you a little bit by picking a show I know you didn't like. (laughs) That's all good. Uh, Worst major wrestling show of the year, Super Showdown. Again, it's sort of the default answer to pick the WWE Saudi shows, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's understandable. I get it. Um. I still think WWE had worse shows than that, like that, the horrible show at Extreme Rules. The money in the bank where people fell to their death, but Rey Mysterio prayed to the gods and the second roof magically appeared that was off camera. Yeah, at least that was like kind of (laughs) bad. It was good. But like, 
Then you got Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman in a swamp fight. Like, that. Braun Swampman in a Strowman fight match. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, and Seth's eyeball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, best wrestling maneuver, as voted, was Kenny Omega's one-winged angel. Uh, okay. Well, I mean... It's already been voted purpose for that category. <laughs> already been voted for three times uh, in the previous five years. So, I mean, yeah, it's good. But I thought something um, new or exciting might have made it to number one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, I, I, honestly, my favorite move in wrestling at the moment is the buckshot lariat by Hangman. Yeah, I'd have to agree as well. Uh, most disgusting promotional tactic. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot there's on a here. Guesses. Um, 2020 saw WWE firing people during a pandemic in the same year they set record profits. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. that That's up there. The fact that they were filming shows for months without testing people for COVID. Gosh, yeah. you go on for ages. Um, you, you, there's a few things you could give AEW a shout out for with the Matt Hardy situation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, worst television show. Mm. And <laughs> no surprise, is it, Alex? Uh, I was sitting a bit far away from my computer. How many years in a row was that? Uh, seven. Wow. Seven years for Monday Night Raw. And yeah. since 2006, it's been Monday Night Raw or Impact Wrestling. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. I think when we talk about uh, Raw shortly, we'll see how bad it is. <laughs> uh, worst match of the year. Oh, come boy. on, Wyatt Strowman. Wyatt Strowman, come on. It's like a lottery machine. It's just spinning slowly, slowly. To 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 ding. <laughs> Strowman versus the Fiend, White Swamp Fight match. Yes. Yeah. That technically wasn't the Fiend, by the way. That because like Bray Wyatt did his old gimmick for that match. Fine, Bray Wyatt. Still worst match. No, no. The the Wikipedia people got it wrong, not you. Uh, you can take help with that. Anyway, yeah. terrible, terrible match. Yep. <laughs> I think that was my worst match of the year. Yeah, it was. Uh, worst feud of the year. Any guess? <laughs> um, Strowman versus The Fiends. How did you know? <laughs> of the last four years, Bray Wyatt versus someone's been the worst feud of the year. <laughs> Whoa, okay. Bray Wyatt versus Orton. Then Sasha versus Bailey in that never-ending storyline where they were turning, but they didn't, but they turned, but they didn't. Yeah. Uh, Seth versus The Fiend. Then Strowman versus The Fiend. Yeah, they're... Oh, man. I'm just looking at some of the other things on that list. Oh, it's bringing back some memories. How about Hornswoggle versus Chavo Guerrero over the Cruiserweight yeah. Championship? Yeah, 
Triple H versus Kevin Nash, the culmination of the summer of punk. Oh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Worst promotion of the year. Oh, I wonder who. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's going to be TNA Impact. It is no. WWE. What's that, three years? Yeah. Yeah, three years again. Best booker, any guesses? Yeah, I'm going to have to guess Vince McMahon, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tony Khan. Yeah, big shock. <laughs> I mean, for the consistency of work over the last year, I'd have to agree. Yeah, definitely. No, he's, um, he's been very good as a booker. Promoter of the year. Now Tony this, Khan. <laughs> yeah, this is where I could argue that they're wrong. <laughs> I literally just voted uh, WWE for most disgusting promotional tactic for firing people in the WWE's most profitable year. So technically, that means Vince is promoter of the year because he promoted his company to its most profitable year. Booking? Yeah, TK deserves that. But I would argue that Vince maybe was promoter of the year because he earned the most money. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably a fair point there too. Um, yeah. Best I don't like year. it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> I, I wish he was broke. <laughs> best gimmick goes to Orange Cassidy of AEW. Yeah, that makes sense. When Remember, the... that's just so surreal though, like you and I are talking on Facebook Messenger and you're like, um, we're watching Spring Break a couple of years ago. Who's this dude with the hands in the pockets? And I'm like, trying to give you the backstory on him. And now all of a sudden his gimmick of the year. Yeah. yeah. So you got to watch Spring Break. See who's coming up from the Indies yeah. next year. <laughs> exactly. Uh, worst gimmick. Oh, boy. The Fiend, yeah, Bray Wyatt, sure. how have yeah. you have fallen from last year's best gimmick? Oh, man. Shorty G was last year's worst gimmick. Constable yes. Corbin. Oh, God. Yeah, see, Wyatt went from worst to a year off to best to worst. Yeah. Yeah, just insane. Um, best pro wrestling book. Killing Young the Buck? business by the Young yep. Bucks, yeah. Yeah. While they promoted the hell out of that thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, both of those dudes on the front cover looking at their penises. That's what it looks like. All right, then. Moving on. <laughs> Best pro wrestling DVD slash streaming documentary. Ooh. Do you have any idea? Last Ride, maybe? And no. It is Dark Side of the Ring, the Owen Hart one. Of course, yep. Um, yeah, that's all the awards. Bit of fun that, there. That felt like so long ago, Dark Side of the Ring, that I completely forgot that was last year. Actually, um, whilst I'm here, they've announced season three, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh. There's, they're doing the um, Collision in Korea show that WCW oh. did in North Korea. That'd be good. 
Uh, they're doing Flying Brian Pillman, which will be very interesting. Rumor has it they're doing an episode on Nick Gage. Why Nick Gage? Oh, oh, now I know. Don't say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he did some hard time. Um, <laughs> and not in but, the uh, Dusty Roads kind of way, baby. No, no, no. Not in that way. Not in the big boss man way. Um, well, actually, kind of in the big boss man way. Um, but yeah, I can't remember the rest off the top of my head, but there was some really good uh, subjects that they're picking uh, I think there's the XWF or XPW. Yeah, XPW, I think it was called. They're doing an episode on that, which was a promotion that popped up just after ACW died and they became like the West Coast counterpart of ACW. Oh. And it was ran, ran by some porn star or something and apparently lots of really crazy crap happened at that joint. Yeah, that sounds sounds kind of weird. Um, just having a quick look here. Not really too much said there. Yeah, North Korea. That story would be really um, interesting just to see what they yeah. can do with that. It's not just that. They had bloody Ric Flair and Muhammad Ali on a private jet flying to North Korea. Like, if I could have been a fly fly on the wall for that plane ride. Yeah, it'd certainly be something. (laughs) (laughs) What's the other infamous wrestling plane ride? Not the Saudi one, the uh, plane ride in the last... Yeah, that one from the last 20 years. Yeah, where Ric Flair got naked on a bloody... Uh, who was it? Kurt Angle and Vince McMahon had a wrestle in the aisle way. X-Puck cut off Michael Hayes' ponytail. Mr. Perfect did something as well. Oh, yeah, Mr. Perfect tried to have a fight with Brock Lesnar on it. Is that the one where they bump into the door and everyone thought the door was going to open? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't blame them. Brock's a big guy and Perfect back in the day was pretty big as well. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Long wall for that, too. We're going on long enough. Uh, Shall we get down to the wrap? If we have to. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. NXT number 444, all the fours. Because this show (laughs) was about a four out of (laughs) ten. Oh, man. We start off non-title match with creepy guy Dexter Loomis defeats Johnny Gargano, who had the way in his corner by referee's decision a non-title match where Io Shirai, the women's champ, defeats Zoe Stack, a singles match where Zia Lee with Boa and Tian Shan. I've completely butchered that, haven't I? I think that was correct, actually. <laughs> defeats Casey Canzaro, who had Kane Carter in her corner by referee's decision. The Grizzled Young veterans defeated Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. And in the main event, Killian Cross with Scarlet defeats Santos Escobar, who had Walking Wild Raul Mendoza uh, in a non-titled, no-DQ match. Now, Alex, any thoughts here on NXT? Well, this was a very paint-by-numbers episode yet again. 
Yeah, it's sort of getting that way a lot recently with NXT. Um, again, I don't. If you're going to put your champ over Queen over somebody lower on the card, why is it non-title? Also, why is it the person that you debuted the week before? That too. Why not make it an open challenge and they come out? Or just keep your brand new talent far away from the champ. Because the week before she comes out, squashes someone and looks like a star, and then the next week she's losing to, to your top dog in your division. So that's just 50-50 booking, and that's just stupid. Santos Escobar's been booked really good as Cruiserweight Champion, and this yep. Killian Dane match, like, it's not even for the title. I don't even know if Dane's under 205. I just said Dane. God damn, I'm confusing him again. Killian Cross. Carrion. Killer. I'm just going to call him Killer. <laughs> yeah, just call him Cross. <laughs> yeah, anyway, Escobar versus Cross um, sort of seemed to come out of nowhere, and I don't know if he's under 205 and if, if he's even got a challenge for this title. I thought he'd be going back after the world or the North American titles. Yeah, he's definitely not under 205. I think it's just a placeholder feud, I think. Yeah, that's a bit weird to me. Um, nothing much else to take away other than our girls. Heartbreak kick to Code Kai and Big Lady Cool Raquel Gonzalez get their title match this week from the Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, tune in or else. Yeah, uh, I was kind of hoping for a WrestleMania moment, but okay. I was kind of hoping Nia wouldn't get another match on Raw, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, thumbs down this week, NXT. Oh, big time. I'll double it. I'll double <laughs> thumbs down. I hated Ooh. it. I don't. I barely remember a thing from it, and it was only like four days ago, five days ago. Yeah. It's not good. Let's go over to Dynamite. Yay! Dynamite. Good, good shows. Yay. Dynamite number 74 uh, kicks off with John Moxley defeating Dolph's brother. Yeah, why does he keep getting work? Has he been signed? Not officially, but he's They've... been on every week since his debut. That's what I mean. Why does he keep popping on Dynamite when they've got guys on Dark who aren't getting on Dynamite? Yeah, exactly. Uh, tag team match where Team Taz... Cage and Starks defeat Varsity Blondes, Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison. Um, given where the ranking is at the moment, the Varsity Blondes are getting dynamite time compared to this time last year. They would have been on dark or not signed. Yeah. So they are moving up there, which is good and which is what you want to see. You don't want to see them just constantly on the bottom. Yeah, uh, I agree. Hager defeats Brendan Cutler in under five minutes. Hangman Adam Page defeats Isaiah Cassidy, who had Hybrid 2 and Matt Hardy in his corner. The Women's World Tag, uh, World Title Eliminator Tournament US Bracket Semi-Final Match. Nyla Rose defeats Dr. Britt Baker DMD with Rebel in her corner. And, and there it... goes all of my predictions. <laughs> <laughs> and in the main event, uh, TNT number one contendership face of revolution ladder qualifying match. 
God damn it, Cody, and your tongue twisters. <laughs> Lance Archer with Jake the Snake Roberts defeats Ray Phoenix in around 20 minutes. Um, what a this, match. The second half of this show was stacked, man. Yeah. Page versus, Ca- Page versus Cassidy. Uh, the women put on a good TV match for the women. That was Nyla Rose's best match and Britt Baker's best match. Yeah. <laughs> Which I did yeah. not expect. And then No, the, because uh, Serena Deeb wasn't in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the golden rule to AEW's women's division. Is the NWA champion in the match? No. It's gonna be bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh we make fun, but um yeah, it's good to see two AEW women have a, a really good match. And the main event, Archer and Ray Phoenix, great match. Oh man, I could watch those two wrestle. Um, um yeah, that that was just the perfect opponent for a big man, the perfect big man for a high flyer. Just a great combination, those two. Now, I said uh, thumbs up for this and that they won the war again. <laughs> what about oh, yourself? Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> uh, by the way, we got Sting going back in the rafters and all that sort of stuff, so I'm pretty happy about that. Um, now, because you're a bit more active on socials and stuff while I'm at work, have you caught any of uh, Dark or this new announcement or the Japanese women's tournament that would have aired today, I believe? Yeah, I, I know who is facing off in the final on Dynamite, if you're wondering. Yes, do tell us, kind sir. So it's uh, Thunder Rosa lost to Nyla Rose in the final of the US bracket and Ryo Mizunami defeated Yuka Sakazaki and will be facing Nyla Rose on Dynamite. Ooh. Well, that sounds like an alright match. Um, were the matches worth going back and checking out because they're for free on YouTube, aren't they? Yeah, you got to watch Nyla Rose versus uh, Thunder Rosa. And um, I suppose the second part is uh, a new show coming to Tuesday mornings Australian time, I guess. Yeah, AEW Dark Elevation. Could have picked a better name, guys. It's pretty why not bad. Just, why not just Elevation? Yeah. That was my first thought when I saw this. I'm like, Dark Elevation? What? <laughs> Yeah. Why not just elevation? Because <laughs> I think they're trying to make it make you realise this isn't their new TV show. This is just an extension of Dark. This isn't that mysterious extra hour they're meant to be getting on TNT. Oh yeah, but, I forgot about that. <laughs> which is coming soon, but they keep saying that, but we get no answers. Um, Maybe the contract's on pause because of the pandemic. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so, AEW Dark Elevation with your broadcast team, obviously, Tony Schiavone. Good choice. Paul White. Puzzling choice. I've I've seen a couple of things on commentary with him in the past with the WWE, and I was like... This dude's actually not that bad. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I expect it to be really good with him. Yeah, because the dude has a lot of charisma. He's really good at talking for a big guy. So I think I think he could be really good in this. And if he's a commentator most of the time and has the occasional match, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, that's fair enough too. I think that's what he's going to be. He's going to be sort of like a... Um... I, uh, who's had a match? I'm just trying to think of one of the majors who's had a match. Maybe a Vicky sort of had one or two women's battle royale matches, I think. Yeah, maybe. But I think that'll be about it for um, Big Show just sort of coming every now and then. Yeah, he can just be like, he can be the Andre the Giant in like the early 90s that he was destined to become, you know? He could just have a couple of matches here and there be a big special attraction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so from there... <laughs> now, do you know the ratings before we go? I think it was fairly close, wasn't it? Ooh, I might have to pull this up then. Uh, I know the obvious team won, <laughs> but I don't think it was too far apart. I'd be surprising if they were actually close because I thought that was a really bad NXT. Yeah, I think a lot of people just tuned in to hear from Adam Cole or whatever, but I don't even remember what he did on that show. Yeah. Um, has... Oh, what's the word I was looking for? Has WWE made anything, uh, any more announcements sort of since... um? Oh, what do you call it? Peacock was announced. Uh, in regards to what? In regards to us, I guess. The rest of the world. No, nah, it's just business as usual for us. Okay. Um, um, whilst you're looking uh, to fill time... Yes. Um, should we discuss that there's a new class of NXT prospects? Oh, yes, you can... Uh, bring that up quickly, and then I'll uh, briefly go through the ratings. Yeah, it is the largest recruit class in history, uh, the Performance Center. Uh, so there's some obvious names on here that need to be talked about, like this Parker Boudreau guy who Paul Heyman's been hyping up on Twitter as the next big thing, pretty much because he kind of looks like Brock Lesnar and there's a lot of expectations on him. Um, Anthony Henry, who was a standout in Evolve. Um, Zoe Stark, obviously. Priscilla Kelly. Ooh, that's one I didn't think would be signed. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Christian Hubble has signed, uh, formerly known as Blake Christian. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not see that one coming. Yeah, so that one was another shocker. Um, there are I... some other obvious ones that are really worth talking about. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so Sean Ricker, now known as L.A. Knight, formerly Eli Drake. Dummy. Bit... Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Two more, well, one that I think's big, 
So I'm going to consider it. This is two more big announcements, but you would only consider it as one. Um, Taya Valkyrie, obviously a big one. Yes. So she's going to NXT. I think that's a good spot for her, to be honest. We we did uh, think that she'd go there because her husband's there on the main roster, Mr. Johnny Gimmick name. Yeah, exactly. But what I think is the future of professional wrestling. Bronson Rex Steiner, the son of former WCW and WWE tag champion Rick Steiner. I did see that. That is a big announcement. However, I think I'm, that's huge. Uh, I'm, I'm keen. Yep. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you've seemed to left one off your list. Uh, who, did, who did I miss? The debuting in NXT UK, the son of Lord Stephen Regal. Oh, did I miss that one? Yeah. Oh, I bugger. Don't know his name. I'll see if I have it on me. Um, anyway, the ratings here for last week were Dynamite 831,000, NXT 734. So about 100,000, but they are sort of closing the gap slowly and not blowing out. Yeah. Um, which is good for uh, NXT in a way. Yeah, I don't know how they're closing the gap. They don't deserve to be closing the gap. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, where? Damn it. I had it here before and then I closed the tab before we went on air. Um, da, 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 da. I might not have it here. I am very sorry. No, I don't think I have it here. No, I don't have it. Sorry? Bailey Bailey Matthews, it says, or something? As of 2021, Bailey Bailey is a wrestler with NXT UK. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, he made his debut during the week. um, Photo going around online. It looked good. Good for Regal. No, that's cool. I would have... I've heard some rumour or something about how William Regal was actually pushing for his son to go to New Japan, but his son uh, couldn't because of the pandemic, so he just signed with NXT UK. Uh, Work is work, I suppose. And I think um, the idea of Finley's son and William Regal's son being in the same promotion if Regal's son went to New Japan... That's that's got me salivating, that thought. Yes, another generation of the uh, fighting Finleys and fighting Regals. Yeah. But from there, we go over to Friday Night Smackdown number 1,123. Kicks that off. Blows my, nut. blows my mind every week. Yeah, it's like when you leave feedback for post-wrestling and go, hey, this week's Raw was number blankety-blank. That means blankety-blank numbers of three-hour Raws. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Those poor guys. Um, anyway, kicked off with a tag match. Chad Gable and Otis defeated Dominic and Rey Mysterio. A singles match where Apollo Crews defeated Shinsuke Nakamura. Tamina defeated Liv Morgan. Uh, the Street Profits defeated King Corbin and Sami Zayn. And a singles match where Daniel Bryan versus Jey Uso to a double count out. 
This was a bad SmackDown. Oh, okay. <laughs> no? I, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was flat out bad. I mean, compared to the uh, the curve that SmackDown's been on recently. I um, enjoy Apollo Crews' new character, as weird as it was for him to change his accent mid-promo. Uh, I thought that was kind of strange, but maybe he was just doing it because he was quoting his grandfather. I, I hope that's what it was, and he's not going to have a fake accent for the rest of his career. Um, he had it for like seven years, Danny. Yeah, uh, I still think the way he dropped his accent was like one of the funniest things. Like it was just in a promo. It was like a Survivor Series promo with DX, and everyone's arguing on their team, and he's he just yells out, "Hey guys, why y'all arguing?" And Triple H is just like, "Hey, I thought you were meant to be Jamaican. Why are you talking like that?" And Kofi's like, I don't know what you mean, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, to me, nothing really stands out other than Brian and Uzo going forward this week for a chance at fast lane. I think it was. I don't even remember exactly. Yeah, fast lane. Remember, remember roadblock. Remember end roadblock end of the line <laughs> because yeah. they did a roadblock early in the year. Yep. We need a new pay-per-view name. We've already done 20 this year. I got to pick one and do it again. <laughs> why couldn't they just call... Why couldn't they have just called that pay-per-view end of the line? Because it needed the prestige that Roadblock would add to it. Yes, yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, stupid. Um, I really enjoyed Brian versus Zeus, so the double count-out thing... I get it storyline wise, but it was kind of deflating. But yeah. we're getting a cage match this week coming, so that'll be fun, I guess. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Um, bump sideways again. I grading SmackDown a lot higher because it has been the show carrying WWE a lot. Um, yeah, well, I'm gonna give it. You know what? You convinced me. Thumbs in the middle. Yeah. What yeah. about New Japan Strong number 29, the new beginning in USA 2021? I've been so excited to talk about this show with you. Okay. So we kicked off with an eight-man tag team match of ACH, Brody King, and the Regal Twins, Logan and Sterling, defeating Clark Connors, Kevin Knight, the DKC, and TJP. I thought this was a good eight-man opening match. Just a typical New Japan multi-man match that I don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, still good. Sort of showcasing the, the either the young lines or the newer American signees they've got for New Japan Strong. Uh, singles match of Ren Narita defeating Chris Dickinson. Isn't Chris Dickinson a big name in UK wrestling? Nah. No, he's a big name on the American indie scene. Okay. For yeah. some reason, I think he's UK. No, this dude's about as American as you can get. Um, he, he's a regular on the Bloodsport cards. He had a match against 
John Moxley on one of the blood sports. Yeah. Um, yeah, him losing to Red Narita is an absolute head scratcher. Chris Dickinson's the kind of big dude that they should be pushing to the moon on New Japan USA. Although that being said, Ren is on excursion, so he's technically graduated as young line. So he should be uh, a bit more experienced, winning a bit more, uh, developing a character to come back and then not play that character upon his return. Yeah, I just think they booked themselves in a corner by booking these two guys against each other. Yeah, I agree. But then it was time for the main event. The match that I said, quote, there's a 99.9% chance this is only going one way. I, I kept saying, like, oh, I, I have a weird feeling you're going to be wrong. It is the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match. Kenta is cashing in his New Japan Cup USA briefcase, which at this point he's defended about seven times, including once at Wrestle Kingdom, and is practically the interim IWGP US champion versus John Moxley. The guy has been away for over a year and has only defended it once on the second day of last year's Wrestle Kingdom. And this is a good match. Don't get me wrong. This was such a good match. Oh, man. So good. But <laughs> Go Moxley, Moxley wins clean. One, two, three in the center of the ring and is yeah, still U.S. Cool. champion. What in the hell, New Japan? They've got something planned, I think. Oh, I... They've got something up their sleeve. Like, yeah. And now that this, oh, I hate the phrase, but the forbidden door is open, maybe we will see more of Moxley, like, at the New Japan Strong sort of tapings. I want to now they've left the title on him after a year, after six months of New Japan Strong with no champion. Yeah. Oh. Well, they've just announced that there's going to be a new, like, New Japan Cup USA coming yep. soon and the winner will once again get to challenge Moxley and I have a feeling they, the wait time for that title defense won't be as long as this one was yeah I think I think it was a, I'm not sure how you feel but I feel this was the wrong decision coming out of this show I felt going into it you've had Kenta be there this entire pandemic you've had Kenta defend this briefcase like he was champion calling out Mox at every chance, and then Mox shows up and cleanly beats the guy in under 15 minutes. Great match, don't get me wrong. However, the uh, story either side uh, prior to this match would lead you to believe Kent was winning no matter what. Well, that right there is kind of an argument why it was a good result, because no one saw it coming, bro. Um, Listen, bro. They're yeah. not going to see it coming, bro. What we're going to so, do is we're going to have Moxley no show for a year and then appear via video and then win clean. It is going to be so good, bro. Listen, bro. I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kind of? <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Uh, I don't know. I 
I'm starting to think maybe Kenta wasn't the right guy to challenge Moxley anyway. Yeah, he could have had old uh, Kojima win <laughs> at the Dome and challenge Mox. I think you need, as kind of stupid as it sounds, I think you need a Gaijin, so to speak, to beat Moxley for the title. To really make it full-on New Japan of America and have a quote-unquote American wrestler defend it on New Japan Strong as often as possible. Yeah, maybe. I suppose we can talk more about um where I thought they could go uh, following this result <laughs> before yep. the next two shows, but we can talk about that in just a moment. Um, overall, thumbs up, good show questionable result from the main event but time will tell how much Moxley will spend on Strong Thumbs in the middle for me, great main event other two matches were a waste of time (laughs) honestly and that's how I feel about most of New Japan shows in the pandemic just tune in to watch the last two matches, the last match because nothing else matters before it What's that? Some Metallica's playing. Yes. <laughs> Send in the Sandman next. Uh, no, I was talking nothing else matters. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Went completely over my head. Now, did you make time for New Japan Castle Attack day one or two? No, but I listened to Post Wrestling's r- review of it. <laughs> okay. I briefly caught some highlights. So, opening... Night one was a six-man tag team match of the Empire, the Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and Will Ospreay defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tenkoji, Hiro- um, Hiroshi Tanzan and Satoshi Kojima, a singles match of Tonga Loa with Jado defeating Yoshihashi, a singles match of Hiroki Goto defeating Tama Tonga, the King of Pro Wrestling title in a Yoro, uh, Toru Yano rules-style Texas strap match. I have no idea what the hell this was. Again, I've only seen brief highlights. Yano defeats Chase Owens to retain this trophy. This undercard looks horrendous, by the way. Just you wait until night two. We'll talk about it all as uh, one night. (laughs) A singles match of Jay White with Gato defeating Tomohiro Ishii in a good match. And the main event of Kazuchika Okado defeating Evil with Dick to go in an evil match. Was it oh my a good God. evil match? <laughs> it was go away evil match. Oh. Not two. Oh, God. Tag match of Tankoji, Tanzan and Kojima defeating the Empire members Cobb and Offspray. A six-man tag match of Chaos, Okada, Ishii and Yano defeating Bullet Club. Owens, Evil and Jay White with Tick, Dick to go and Jado. IWGP tag team match of Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga and Tongalo defeating Chaos, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Never open weight title match, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeats Great Okan. IWGP junior heavyweight freeway championship match for the vacant title that Hiromu vacated again. Al Desperado defeats Bushi and Al Fantasmo in a good junior match. Hooray! Yes. And in the main event for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, 
Totoro Bushi defeats Tatsuya Naito. <sighs> Dumb result. Um, have you seen the news following this championship retention? Yes. So, New Japan's come out and said they are unifying the IWGP Intercontinental with not the US, but the IWGP heavyweight, creating a new belt and starting a new lineage. Meaning every IWGP heavyweight champion before is null and void in their lineage of this new belt. I didn't know the thing about the lineage. Yeah, it was on Wrestling Observer yesterday or this morning. Oh, God. Yep, so you know how Great Muda has an IWGP heavyweight title reign? Yep. Not anymore. Oh, so so we can no longer acknowledge Scott Norton anymore? Not anymore in the video package. You know Ooh. who will be? Ibushi. Yeah. Ibushi-san, number one. <laughs> um, uh, my so... thoughts about the merging of the titles was perfectly summed up by the following tweet from at Jay White. Oh, my God. This better be good. Wants to become double champion. Becomes double champion. Realises that that means defending two championships. Doesn't want to be a double champion anymore. Reverts back to being a single champion. Congratulations. You supported him. You get the champion you deserve. <laughs> he brought up great points. <laughs> it kind of makes Kota Ibushi look like a coward. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, quickly, on the events themselves, the top two matches on each night were good. The undercard on each night was crap. We didn't need a six-man uh, opener on night one to set up to night two. We didn't need two single matches to set up to a tag defense on night two. We didn't need whatever the hell that Toru Yanu match was <laughs> for Toru Yanu reasons. Yeah, you'd never need Tunga Loa or Tamatonga in separate singles matches on the same card. No, unless it's G1. Never. Um, never. <laughs> I'm saying Oh, they'd be in different blocks in the G1 most likely, yeah. Um just, yeah, gross. Singles match, White and Ishii, go back, check it out. Good hard hitting match. Kazuchika and Evil, I've gone over Evil enough with Dick to go. I'm over it. I don't need it. Get the hell out. Yep, uh, Dick to go away heat. Yeah. Yes, it's replaced X Park Heat. <laughs> yes. Um tag team match of Tenkoji and the Empire. I mean, it was a good tag match if I hadn't seen it in a six-man the night before. Yeah, and 50-50 booking much. Yeah. The the Chaos versus Bullet Club match, again, evil. Go away. The tag team match was fine for the IWGP titles, but we, we'd seen it the night before in two singles matches. The Never Open Weight, we've seen it before. The night before in a six-man match. The, the Intercontinental title match, I mean, after the announcement, it makes sense, but it's stupid booking to still have them both on one guy. I would have rathered split it off to Nido and go, Mox issues a challenge. Right, I want there to be one 
title, I'm challenging you, Nido. Unify those two titles. Get rid of the IC title if that's the one you want to get rid of because that was brought around the first US expansion that failed. So get rid of that title if that's the one you want to get rid of. Keep this new US title. Merge those titles. <laughs> Dumb decision. Dumb yep. cards. But can we talk about double champions that do work? Yes. El Desperado. My what? boy. Yeah, so good. So happy to see that he finally becomes junior heavyweight champion. And at the end of this show, challenges Kota Ibushi for the IWGP title. What is going on? I don't believe it's a challenge as they've announced the uh, match for the anniversary show on the 4th is Kota versus Despy. So I believe it's oh. just the anniversary match. Oh, okay. I thought he mean, might have been going for triple gold. We're gonna, I wish he was. We're going to ultimo dragon him up, you know. <laughs> put 21 titles on him, ultimo dragon style. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, now, because I've been a bit out of the New Japan loop recently, um, why did Hiromu vacate? He tore his peck. Oh, that's got to hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he tore it on one of those pointless... New beginning tag- shows? Yeah. Which is... I've been saying it for ages. No one cares about those shows. Why are you having these shows? Especially in a pandemic, just do your major events. That's it. This is how I felt about Castle Attack taking place on the 27th in Osaka and the 28th in Osaka. Yeah. Dumb. This could have been one show, one night. Yeah. So you'd have, um, let's see, you'd have Kota, Naito, IC, Despi, Bushi, Fantasmo, Freeway, Junior, Never, Hiroshi, uh, Tanahashi, Okan, uh, Gorilla's Defense Against Chaos for the IWGP. Then, what's on night one? I guess you can bring in the stupid Toriyano match and then have uh, Tenkozy in an opener against the Empire. Bang. Yep. There's your six-match card. Yep. Yeah, I feel like New Japan puts on way too many shows that are just meaningless. Like, I think especially during the pandemic they do. Yeah, like, Hiromu injured himself in one of those dumb, pointless tag matches that no one cares about. It could have been avoided. Hiromu's, like, your New Japan Junior Division star. And you're putting him in throwaway tag matches when you should be protecting him. Especially when you know he's got the injury history that he already has. Yeah. Um, for me, thumbs down, night one. Thumbs, thumbs up solely because of the Despy win on night two. And, yeah, this this new title decision, uh, if they are getting rid of the lineage and that opening video package of past champions, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thumbs Thumbs down as an overall event. Sole highlight, uh, Despy, 
matches to recommend to go back. Uh, the Jay White Tomohiro Night 1 match. If you want to check anything from Night 2, check out Gorillas Always Have a Good Tag Match. You can check that out. Um, the vacated freeway for the IWP Junior title match, check that out. Coda and Naito was a good match, but it just sort of meh, leaving it as a double champ and, yeah, the announcement. So that's what I thought there. Um, much to add there yourself, Alex, or anything that um, you've said you listened to post, anything they brought up, any good points? Uh, they had the same complaints you had, basically. That it was two nights and should have been one? Ah, uh, basically, yeah. yeah. I think you had, what, 12, 12 matches? I think yeah. you could have had... You could have cut and got rid of half of those matches and just had six matches for one night. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, do you have time for Raw? I did. I watched this live. As did I. And I am fine. <laughs> I regret it. Oh, okay. I think we're going to have slightly differing opinions. Uh, kicks off with a um, the announcement highlights of last week saying uh, it's going to be Bobby Lashley versus Miz top of the first hour 9pm American time uh, first match saw Drew McIntyre defeat Sheamus let me stop you there for a second already yeah. I'm going to need to stop you last week I said coming out of Elimination Chamber they got about 6-8 to eight months worth of matches booked for Drew McIntyre unless they decide to do the WWE thing and just burn through all the matches instantly. Wow, I did not expect them to burn through one of those feuds immediately the next week. So, uh, Vincent Candy McMahon isn't getting your uh, Booker of the Year next year? Oh, man, that, they had they had Drew set up for basically an entire year, and they just ruined it. You ruined it, damn it. <laughs> I'm going to kill my creation. WCW. <laughs> the only guy who could have made billions out of running multiple promotions and killed it within the space of a few weeks. Exactly. Anyhow, match number two, Nia Jax defeat Naomi. Then... The Miz didn't want to compete at the top of the first hour because of stomach pain. So we went to the Hurt Business uh, defending the Raw Tag Team Championships against Ron Strowman and Adam Pearce in the impromptu match that Shane put together for some reason. And the Hurt Business win when they roll up Pearce and Braun's angry. Which means Nicholas is a better Braun Strowman tag team partner than Adam Pearce, former NWA world champion. Former TNA Legends champion or tag champion? Something like that. Yeah, he's not world champion there. He's former something champion there. But he was NWA champ at one point. Yeah. Speaking of NWA, do you want to go on a tangent now or after Raw? Oh, actually, you'd... we'll have a discussion after Raw because you just reminded me about some other horrible news. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so following that tag match was Damien Priest with Bad Bunny defeating Elias with Jackson Riker. That's the Come guy, on. isn't it? 
gunner. Yes. Uh, Maybe he... that's that's what they could do with Buddy Murphy. Put him together with Gunner, we could have the reunion of Gunner and Murphy. That's a TNA deep cut for anyone out there. Oh man. Put him with put Buddy back with Wesley Blake. He's not part of Forgotten No More. Put Buddy on TV. Now yeah. Buddy's been teasing on Twitter that he's gonna go after Cruiserweight title again. Did you see his tweet the other week where he sort of uh, went all out on something? No, what did he do? Okay. I'll um give me one second, I'll see if I can find it. Um But yeah, he, he hasn't been on main event or anything, and I think it might have something to do with um what he posted. Which uh <laughs> may not be good for one uh Buddy Murphy. No, that's fine. He can get released and go to a company that'll use him. Well, I mean, that would be nice. <laughs> it would be nice if he continued making money, though. Yeah. didn't lose his livelihood. Well, it might have been removed. Hmm. It was just saying about how he's still the best-kept secret going around even though he's not on TV or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it must have been removed. Oh, well. I'm looking at his Twitter too, yeah, he's removed. He must have removed a few things. The head office must have told him, hey, take that down. Yeah. Anyway, top of the second hour, Miz's stomach pain seems to be fine as we get Bobby Lashley uh, challenging the Miz for the WWE Championship. And the bell rings. And Miz rolls out of the ring, grabs the championship, runs up the ramp, and is counted out. So even though Boshley, Bobby Lashley wins, the Miz retains by count out. And we are cut back from break. And I quote MVP as he says, this is bullshit, Shane. This is shit. Oh, yeah. I was going to have a rant today on our podcast about Hey, if Raw's a PG show and they can say bullshit and we've been trying to minimise our swears because we want to be fairly PG in our own way, does that mean I can regularly say bullshit again or would that be a load of bullshit? Can I say bullshit more often? Well, within reason, not to be the sake of gratuitousness. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, I'll minimise my bullshit and just be very succinct with my bullshit. Thank you for that. <laughs> and now Warwick has done 20 shots in his uh, collapse on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, following that, Charlotte uh, defeats Shayna Baszler after an impromptu match. And we get a replay here of Shayna kicking Oscar's teeth out of her mouth from last week. Did you notice this live last uh, week? I noticed it on Twitter. Okay. After the fact, everyone, like, tweeting out GIFs of it. Yeah, it did not look good. Oh, Speak man. I, I have a real, like, thing about teeth. It just makes me cringe. Well, speaking about teeth, maybe you could speak to a guy who drinks a lot of dairy. <laughs> In the next match, as we have... Lucha House Party teaming with 
Matt Riddle, bro, defeating Retribution members Bar Guy, Mace Guy, Slap Guy with Ali Guy and Retaliation Guy ringside. Yay! <laughs> but following that, Ali Guy defeats Riddle Guy in a, <laughs> an impromptu match. Yay! <laughs> yeah, no one cares about this. But you'll be happy to know the team bent on destroying WWE had enough time to meet with Shane McMahon as he announces the stipulation for Miz's match challenging Bobby Lashley in the main event for Miz's WWE Championship is a lumberjack match. Come on All right. down. Alright, before you get into the main event, I would likely I would like to quickly touch on the fact that earlier on in the show we had Randy Orton cut a promo on Randy Orton. End what of discussion. What the hell is going on here? Am I high? Like, Alexa Bliss, like, introduces her new thing and it's, like, demonic voice Randy Orton and real Randy Orton looks shocked staring at her at the TV screen. I don't know what's going on here. But I, it's kind of so bad that I love it. <laughs> it's kind it of the right style of campiness I enjoy in wrestling. <laughs> Yes, it's very uh, White Castle of Fear. Stinger! <laughs> yes! Um, Play the game! Yeah, that, I have no idea where the hell they're going other than WrestleMania, and it's going to be bad. Yeah. yeah um, I, I'm thinking it's going to be a swerve, and we're going to get Karrion Cross. That'd be nice. Yeah. That's Cross. one way to rescue the angle, I think. Speaking of swerves... Another Rhea Ripley promo. So she's coming to Raw soon. Have fun with Raw. I could have. Did it say coming soon last week or did it say coming next week last week? One of them might have said next week. I know one of them for sure said soon. Because they aired it twice last week. I might be remembering wrong then because I was. Charlotte cut a really like who gives a crap promo and I was expecting Rhea to come out. (laughs) Yeah, because she was saying about how. She challenged Rhea last year and Bianca's challenging Sasha this year. And Well, Asuka's at home and she'll come back stronger than ever. And I thought, oh, okay, Rhea's going to come out and challenge her now. Nope. <laughs> it's Shayna Baszler and Nijax. Yeah, and like Shayna cut a promo about how Charlotte's all by herself. She's got no one to back her up anymore, blah, blah, blah. So I was thinking, oh, maybe we get a Rhea interference. But then at one point, Byron Saxton, this is why I'm in an anti-Byron Saxton mood. He says, Charlotte Flair's whole career has been her by herself making it to the top. And I'm like, what? Pretty sure in NXT she was in a faction with Summer Rae and Sasha Banks when she debuted. When she got called up to the main roster, she had uh, Becky and Paige. You remember their name? Yeah, I remember both of those names. Yes, one of those names is uh, not very PG. No, no, that's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I've got to stop now. Um, What do you think of Warwick's liver? (laughs) What do you think of Warwick? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. um, And then she had Dana Brooke and Ric Flair. Like, Byron Saxon's going on about, 
oh, Charlotte Flair's become the best female athlete in the world today by doing this all by herself. She can handle these two. I'm just like, no, you're full of it. She's always had someone in her corner. It's yeah. quite easy to fact check that. Do some research on your own goddamn product, you useless sponge. No, it's just WWE's revisionist history, like how a uh, million dollar man was never WWE champion, nor Andre the Giant. Yeah. Nor half the women who bet Moolah in that 10,000 day reign. Yeah, and Ric Flair is a um, only a 16-time world champion and not like a 21-time world champion like he actually is. Yeah, like even though half of those championship reigns are under WWE's control because of the video library and intellectual property they've brought. Mm. Ah, but we digress. Main event time? All right, let's talk about it. Now, did you notice... All the geeks around ringside. I was shocked by... Oh, quickly. Ron Strowman lost the tag title match and was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wreck Raw. I'm gonna destroy Raw. So he's a goddamn lumberjack geek in this main event match. Yes. And he does nothing. Yes. He just stands there. Yes. And I'm like... Like, towards the finish of this match, Lashley's got the full Nelson on, and I'm like, all right, here comes Braun. We're not going to get the title change after all this. And Braun just stands there. Just stands yeah. there. What a, what a geek. What a loser. Wasn't it great? <laughs> I, I was really happy he didn't interfere because I got the result I wanted. But, oh, my God, I just couldn't believe the lack of logic in bringing him out there. And he didn't even do anything. He wasn't involved in any spots. So there was absolutely no reason for him to even be there. No, not really. But um, more or less, there's retribution to the hard cameras right standing next to Hurt Business, who they've spent the better part of last year feuding with. So it's MVP, um, Benjamin and Alexander. At Decide... one point, uh, Mace Guy and T-Bar Guy give Miz to Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. And then <laughs> they're standing next to Lucha House Party and Riddle Bro. Who took the US title from her business? Yeah. All in the same row. Usually you space those guys out who have just been <laughs> When um the result of this match happened, you can see Riddle Bro in the background like cheering. It's like you were just in a blood feud with blood feud with the guy that won the title. What's happening? Oh my god. Terrible. Terrible show. Um, don't get me wrong. Great result. Absolutely right result. The use of Miz as a transitional champion when you had the chamber match. Slightly confusing, but happy they did something with Money in the Bank eventually. Happy yeah, that they did end up using somebody who could be used to um, the right effect to get the result you wanted here. 
I agree. Um, I actually thought this was a okay episode of Raw that was carried by a really good main event, like show long story. I thought. Yeah. I love, I love the whole Miz getting sick thing, so he can't have his match. Can we reschedule it to the top of the next hour? I love that. And then they reschedule it, and then he just does what I've always thought heels should do, heel champions should do. He just runs out of the ring and loses by count out. It was logical. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and he leaves the arena, but he has to come back to the arena or else Shane McMahon's going to strip him in the title. And then you finally get the result you wanted. I think it was a good what uh, show-long story that will probably pop a half-decent rating. But yeah, well, they've got no, uh, no football to go up against. No. So, and um... I think the issue coming out of this is the Miz will need a lot of rehab. Maybe, but he's the Miz. He'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the guy can only even win... more of a joke. I mean, if the guy can only win one singles match before winning Money in the Bank, and then that Money in the Bank win is only his second win before the championship, I'm sure the guy will be fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, for myself, bums... Sideways for Raw, good main event, good story. Raw still suffers from too much filler for three hours. Like, yeah. we could not watch Raw next week and we could watch the following week and still understand most of what's happened yeah. the previous week. Yeah, like, I'm, I rarely catch the first hour live because I'm like walking my dogs. So I might like just put it on on my phone and like put my phone in my pocket and just listen to it <laughs> because you can just picture it because it's so bloody predictable. Um, I, I'm going to give this Raw a thumbs up just because Raw has been so crap <laughs> and this was actually a memorable episode of Raw for the solely for the Lashley Miz stuff. Um, I think the worst part about WWE's wrestling product is the wrestling. <laughs> it's all just paint-by-numbers crap. Yeah, it is a lot of the time. Unless you have yeah. two guys like Brian Cesaro, and it's like, let's put them out there. Let's give them three minutes. Yeah, well, yeah, they'll find a way to screw that up. But, um, yeah, good episode of Raw. Still too much filler. Thumb sideways. Uh, just quickly before we go to NWA, I did find the buddy tweet here. So it says, and I quote, so hashtag WWE chamber is full of former WWE champions. How about a chamber full of the future? And then tags himself, Ali, Alistair Black, Cedric Alexander, Kalisto, Apollo Cruz, Chad Gable, Ricochet, Humberto Carrillo, Angel Garza, and Drew Gulak. Sounds like way too many people for a chamber. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but the point is, he's saying, yeah. these guys are supposed to be the future of your company. Why are you still putting guys in like Randy Orton? Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get the complaint. 
But also, I think you've still got another four years in a guy like Randy Orton. Um, yeah, so, I get Buddy's complaint. They should be building the next crop. So quickly, Alex, over to NWA. Uh, take it away, my friend. Well, last week we had the shocking loss of... Uh, one well, last year I gave NWA Power my TV show of the year, weekly TV show of the year, and one of the big reasons for that was the work of the late Question Mark, uh, Joseph Hud- Hudson, I believe his name was, also known as Josephus on the indie scene. Uh, the Question Mark was a fantastic character. He unfortunately passed away last week. He had a fantastic run in NWA with Aaron Stevens as the as the odd couple sort of tag team. Aaron Stevens learning the ways of Mongrovian karate from the question mark who was his sensei. Sorry, did I say karate? I meant karate. And like, just go go back and if you can find any clips online. Watch the question mark singing the Mongrovian national anthem. It is just one of the greatest things I've ever seen in wrestling. Um, yeah, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, obviously, it's very sad that he passed away, but do you have any memories of the question mark? Say much of his stuff? Um, when Power did start, uh, Jose- Josephus. Yeah, I'm butchering that. My apologies. Um, yeah, when it started with him, he was um doing that character, and it was very um very fun to watch. Um, and then the whole question mark: Who is the question mark? Where has he come from? <laughs> Which was in itself a lot of fun. Um, yeah, another another one gone too soon. We've had unfortunately a lot of um unfortunate passings. Uh, this past year. Mm, yeah, and it all sort of comes out of nowhere. Like apparently, yeah, he'd been sick for a bit as well, but I'm not too sure the exact details, but yeah, it just blows my mind. Blows my mind. Yeah, that's that's no good at all. Um in other NWA news, like there's no easy way to transition humans, so we're just going to go straight for it. Yep. Um, NWA has deleted all their videos off their YouTube, which yeah. was absolutely crap because I was going to go back and watch some. Should I see this? Yeah, question watch mark. some of the question mark stuff. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. And then the news comes out that they're about to start recording. They're about to start a new tapings. So is this not under the power name? Are they doing something different now? No idea. They didn't make any statement at all about it. I have no idea what that company's doing. Well, they've lost everyone. (laughs) They've pretty much lost everyone. They've still got Thunder Rosa. That's 
I mean, that's the one I wish they did lose, only because selfishly I want her in the AEW Women's Championship division. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, you can take back your Eddie Kingston's and your your Ricky Starks and your Brian Cages and your... Well, I mean, he wasn't there, but sure, you can take him as well in exchange for Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Although I suppose this forbidden door being opened, maybe maybe some AEW talent's going to pop up on there. Oh, my God. I just thought of a match that everyone would love to see on pay-per-view. Well, maybe not everyone. God damn. <laughs> the Rock and Roll Express versus the Young Bucks. I'm shocked they haven't tried to do it anyway because they had the Rock and Roll Express in AEW for a little bit. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Maybe they... they just had angle where like who was it that beat the crap out of him oh ftr did an angle where they beat the crap out of him and then like a year before that they showed up as well like yeah i guess they don't think the rock and roll express should be wrestling in the ring in aew i guess maybe um because they are old timers maybe they agreed to only wrestling nwa and that was the way they could get on aew television as an appearance yeah. Who knows? Backstage politics. Lots of fun. Um, I think that's about all for this week. I have no idea what the hell is going on with NWA going forward, as in broadcast-wise. Ring of Honor's still in a weird state. I'm catching highlights here and there. I'm not sure where they're exactly going. Impact is like, hey, AEW, come use our show to trample us and promote yourself. And AEW's like, thanks, we'd love to do that. <laughs> and Impact's like, can you promote us? And AEW's like, lol, no. <laughs> I forgot to say. Um, so did you notice on New Japan Strong when Rocky Romero just randomly comes out to be a guest commentator? Notice what exactly? How he just came out to be a guest commentator. Oh. You saw that? Nothing in particular, I don't think. Why? So, the report was the reason why they filmed him coming out to be a guest commentator is because they filmed an angle that was going to take place after the Mox and Kenta match. But as soon as reports leaked about what that angle was, Everyone tried to cancel New Japan for bringing in this particular person. So they just edited the angle off the New Japan Strong episode. Oh, is it a person who should not be named? Uh, let's just say a former IWGP junior heavyweight champion who's a bit villainous and got cancelled last year. Oh, yes, I did see that briefly going around on Twitter. I didn't see what it was for other than the uh, the name going around. Yeah, and to be honest, after, like, the Will Ospreay stuff that came out, it doesn't shock me that New Japan would bring this guy in. Yeah. What shocks me the most is that, that they ended up editing it out. But who knows? They might just put it in next week's episode. But... Yeah. But, yeah, um, 
if that dude's going to come back, he better come back in Japan, not in America, because he's not going to get any love. Nor should he. No. I think that's about it for the week, at least in terms of the rap. Uh, Do you want to pick a TV champion? We haven't done that in a bit. Uh, sure. Kenta. Because that's the only belt he's going to have from now on. Yep. Uh, I'm going to pick Lashley. My man, Bobby Lashley. Lashley, Lashley, Lashley. Shout out to Leo of Rush. Yeah. Now bend over and show your ass to everyone. Yes, Bobby Lashley's <laughs> favorite pose. Um, actually, I saw on Twitter just before we jumped online that Leo Rush actually tweeted a video of him congratulating Lashley by just saying, Lashley, Lashley. Yeah, so I love that. That's good. Um, yeah, so where can the good humans find you? Find me on Instagram and Twitter, at Fruity is Alex. Search us up on Instagram and Twitter, at WrestleOzStyle with an A-U-S. Search us up on Facebook, WrestlingOzStyle, and you can find Chris at... At I am Chris Funder as well. You can go back and listen to the entire Wrestling All Star archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Apple Music if you use the RSS feed found in the links below. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. Lashley, Lashley, Lashley.